0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastors Tom and Bonnie DeShal from Celebration Church in Harare, Zimbabwe. For more information, please visit celebrationmen.org. Hallelujah. I hope you're all rested. Last night was a very amazing evening. How many of you were here last night? Uh, you know, uh, the. I'm going to speak a little bit about th- this tonight, but uh, the purpose of us worshiping God is that that's what you were created to do. And when you're in the presence of God, that's your ministry. All of you are called into the ministry. Many people think that the ministry is what I'm doing right now. Uh, this is really part of the equipping part of it. But I can't minister to you what I haven't ministered and been ministered to from the Lord. And so we have this idea today and many young people and many uh, and, and and look, I, I believe education is good and education from on high is better, but edu- having both is best. I believe that. But I, I believe that many people think that you can go to seminary or Bible school, and you can get a degree, and that makes you a minister. Like it's a profession, like this is something that, yes, uh, uh, you're a doctor, a lawyer, or you're a minister. Uh, I don't believe that. I believe that we're all ministers, that God has called all of us to minister to him. And the best ministers that I know are those who spend time in his presence, and then when they come out of his presence, they really have something to minister. It's not a transfer of information. And the church needs less information and more inspiration, more hearing from our Father. That, that's why these moments, when we get together and we spend time in His presence, that's really, really important to us as a ministry. That's really important to us corporately. And it's also very, very important to you as an individual. I don't know if you understand this, but when you spend time in His presence, you become what you behold. And so what the enemy tries to do is he tries to distract you to keep you from going into the presence of God. He tries to keep you so busy doing everything else. Business and work and children and, and you know, and then he'll let everything break and you're fixing things. And, you're, and, and, and before long, you're so caught up in this world that you have no time for God. And then things begin to spin out of control. And I know people that have lost anointings, lost ministries, lost their edge because they got so caught up with this world. Hmm? Can can I share something with you? Taking this time off just to be with him. Taking time off to just be in his presence. Those of you that regularly find your way to early morning prayer or are regularly doing the Daily reading program and regularly fellowshipping around the Word of God with other people, regularly bringing Christ and fellowship into your lives you 're becoming what you behold you 're becoming more like him and i, I tell you you don 't sense it sometimes sometimes you 're in the presence of God and you you don 't think anything happened you just think well you know but but guess what the 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 residual and the uh, contiguous uh, washing over a period of time, you can say, man, I notice as a pastor, wow, that person is walking with God. I see them changing. Some of you I see changing. Some of you see changes in yourself. I don't know if you've ever woke up one morning and you look in the mirror and you say, man, I see light in you. I see you are looking good. And, 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 you, and you catch yourself reflecting in the mirror and you say, you're looking more like Jesus. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen Christ look back at you? Well, you're not spending enough time with him now. (laughs) Minister to you, and today I'm going to take two sessions. And, you know, I I always feel like, you know, I'm probably the least important person to speak to you. Uh, We have so many great speakers. But if it was just about speaking, then I would, uh, like I say, if it's just about information, then uh, we're probably... uh, there's a lot better people that can impart the information. And and, 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 and although I'm going to give you information, I, I really am hoping that I get to impart something to you today. I'm hoping that you'll hear something. And because you're the prayer leaders and because you're pastors, I, I'm, I'm instructing you a little bit differently because I'm trying to set the framework for our prayer movement, set the framework for where I think God is taking us as a ministry, and set the framework for how... Uh, I, I believe our next steps should be, and I, and I do that by going back and reflecting on where we've come from as well as trying to project where I think God wants us to go, and so let me, let me go back in history a little bit, and let me just reflect a little bit on Zimbabwe. Uh, <laughs> when, when I look at our nation, uh, the picture isn't very nice. I, I I don't know about you. Maybe maybe you think see differently than I do. Maybe you think that this is just a wonderful uh, expression of humanity, and that this is just the greatest country in the world. And I and I think, you know, in in, in many ways the people are wonderful. But the way we govern, the way we treat each other, and the uh, the level of uh, what I would call a deeply disturbing activity in the country that is contrary to uh, the picture of God's kingdom, it, 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 it doesn't really augur well in my spirit. It's not what I had hoped for. It's not what I prayed for. And it's not what I feel we're contending for. God has given us a ministry that is to build people, to build their dreams, build the dreams of a nation so that we could build the kingdom of God. God said we would transform lives and in so doing bring reformation to the nation and the nations. Uh, I don't know that we've done a good job. We're seeing some traction in the lives of people, but it seems that the culture is stronger than the people sometimes. Sometimes. And uh, it grieves me, it hurts me. So, over the past 40 years, I think that, and and I'm speaking about the prayer movements in our nation, there have been many attempts to find methods, methods to answer the issues in the nation of Zimbabwe. And and many of these methods have been centered around prayer. Uh, I, I don't know. Some of you, Pastor Nikki, you probably and I probably have a, as long a history together as, possi- as, as, as any. And some of you have come from different movements. Some of you have seen some of the things I'm going to speak about. Some of you, uh, I, I hope you reflect. And I, I'm going to give my reflections. I'm not saying they're 100% accurate, but I'm going to tell you how I feel and how I see these things. Uh, we've had many major ministries coming to our country, many leading churches, individuals, intercessors, and they have come to do what they considered uh, as warfare or some form of dealing with high places, spiritual high places. The thought behind this was that uh, somehow we were commissioned to go into demonic strongholds and cast down every demonic spirit, break the influence over the nation. We've had prayer mapping conferences uh, that have lasted weeks. We've sent people scurrying throughout the city, throughout the country. Uh, We've identified every brothel, every bar, every Masonic lodge, every cult and witch's coven. Uh, I mean, we've gone to every Shabin and every of any witch doctor that we might find. We we have gone to every high place. Uh, There were select groups that went on prayer walks. Some even went on secret excursions into cemeteries uh, to national monuments where they were pouring oil on the ground and having communion. Uh, And these were used to supposedly somehow cleanse the land or purify the land. Now, I'm not bringing a judgment against all those methods or uh, expressions. Uh, I'm not saying that God doesn't somehow even use them. I'm just saying that in my observation over 40 years, uh, I have not really seen them being effective. And my observation is that many of those that were involved themselves in these practices, many of them became disillusioned and eventually were spiritually shipwrecked. I think of many pastors that are no longer in the pastor. I think of many of the people that were the so-called purveyors and leaders of these very targeted things that are no longer even in the church. Some of them have no, are, are no longer even praying. And I'm saying this cannot be the fruit of god 's leadership these people and here's here 's my observation I believe that when you focus more on the power of the enemy than on the power of God, you find yourself getting into trouble. you see I, I, I believe this I, these people spent although they spent a lot of time dealing with or trying to dismantle the enemy's power the fruit of Answered prayer is sorely lacking from the scope of our 40 year history in praying these types of prayers. During this time, we saw our nation progressively deteriorate throughout most sectors of our society, most notably economically, but also in the health sector in the education sector, in farming, in banking, in business, and most notably in our civil service and in government. The inability to manage, the inability to correct, develop, or even build or rebuild, or care for infrastructure. During this time prophecies proliferated, declaring and I don't know about you, but, you know, declaring turnaround times and uh, the nation would be having certain prophecies. I remember as far back as the year 2000, uh, even before that, uh, prophecies declaring that the current leadership at the time would be removed within six months. Then within six years. And then, you know, there were all these well-meaning prophecy, and, 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 and so I'm just trying to be honest. I'm saying we have to look at ourselves. If we can go forward, we have to look at where we've been and see how effective is our prayers. You know, when God gave me the message on surgical prayer, when God began to teach me and, and have us go into domain prayers, my thrust was bring the newspaper with you when you, when you pray. In other words, we should be seeing the answer to our prayers in the newspapers if we're doing it correctly. And, and, and so the whole focus of, you know, going onto enemy territory and fighting the enemy, I, I'm not sure that that's the right focus, okay? Uh, and I think it's very important that if you're going to set fixed times and years, uh, I think that we need to hold ourselves accountable to that. Uh, I think, unfortunately, in our country, the years have rolled by, the situation continued to deteriorate, and in the eyes of most prayer leaders and most pastors, uh, it discouraged us. I, I think of churches that led prayer movements that don't even have people praying in them anymore. I think of, uh, and, and, and that's why, you know, some people get upset with me because I'm not so fast to move towards these massive expressions of prayer. I don't believe that prayer is something that you can just do. I think it's something you learn. I think it's, it, it, it's birthed out of deep relationship. I think it comes out of growing understanding. I think that you move into spiritual realms and you are transformed in those spiritual realms. So my observation is that it's not our responsibility to go looking for, the, for enemies. It's not our responsibility to move onto enemy territory. And you say, well, wait a minute, how do we advance the kingdom if we don't move on to enemy territory? Well, I, I think it's the emphasis isn't to find enemies and go looking for enemies as much as it is for us to advance kingdom principles and advance the kingdom of God. I, I think we can get our focus wrong. And as we advance God's kingdom and we begin to penetrate into the various domains that he's given us, and we have uh, the aim of establishing the domain prayer that we've talked about or whatever we call them today. Is it what, it's seven or 10 mountains? Uh, You know, uh, the seven mountains. I mean, I, I believe as we engage in those things in the domain and the sphere of responsibility that God gave us, there'll be plenty of opportunities that will arise for us to deal with the opposition that's at hand. I don't ever see Jesus in his ministry looking for demons. I don't ever see him going into The strongholds of enemies. He didn't go there to try to rout out devils. What he did was he simply, the Bible says, being full of the Holy Ghost, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the enemy. And wherever he went, oppressed of the devil, he said, wherever he went, the devil would manifest himself as he went. He wasn't looking for devils. They just manifested in a response to the truth and the power of the gospel and the light of the the Holy Spirit that was on the inside of him. Can you see that there's a little distinction there that I'm trying to make? See, I believe that choosing to chase the demonic strongholds became a distraction in our nation to establishing the kingdom of God, to establishing the practice and rule of the kingdom in our individual lives, in our families, in our churches and in our businesses. You know, I had taught the message that you become what you behold. I know this, if you behold the enemy, if you behold how strong he is, if you spend your focus, Studying and seeing how strong the enemy really is. And I'm not saying you shouldn't take some time to find out about certain things. I think we need to know how wicked this world is. I don't think it's wrong to to look there. But if you focus on that, if that becomes the focus of your life, if you begin to only focus on the evil, pretty soon it becomes overwhelming and you will begin to be like the Israelites. The Israelites had an enemy, and every day he would come out, and every day they would focus on him. Every day they would array themselves for battle, and for 80 days they went out and they listened to the enemy, and they looked at the enemy, and they heard what the enemy had to say, and it paralyzed them from doing anything against that enemy. Until one little boy who came and who'd been In the presence of Almighty God, who had been worshiping and looking over a few sheep, he came and he ran out with the armies. And and they, of course, ran away from this giant who gave his speech for the 80th time. And David said, hey, what what, what just happened here? (laughs) What's going on, man? I mean... Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Oh, don't you know who he is? He's the Philistine giant. He's the Philistine champion. He, oh, and he says he's going to pluck our eyes out. And they'd go back and repeat and rehearse. And they knew all about the enemy, and they knew all about his his message, and they knew all about his his strongholds and their gods, and, and their gods, and, 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 and they would repeat all the enemies. Lies in the camp and discourage the hearts of the people when, in fact, all it really took was a man of God to come on the scene and say, No, 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 I, I understand there's an enemy, but who is the uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Just tap your neighbor and say, I think his preaching's better than your amen. You see, our mental and emotional awareness is impacted by what our senses are assimilating. And that directly affects your thoughts and your behavior. So with this in mind, I I, want to just talk to you about what I, I, I believe the thrust of ministry and the thrust of prayer should really be. You see, with our mandate... Uh, that God gave us as a ministry that gave me to effectively and measurably bring about positive kingdom changes beginning in Zimbabwe then branching out into the five nations of Central Africa and eventually shooting through the world I realized that there had to be something in these teachings all these teachings that had come forth I mean and that's why I don't want to discount them because some of you have had some meaningful input, input and I believe God did give you strategies to tear down those things. I just think we got overemphasized. I, I think of one ministry here in the country, and I mean, you know, literally they broke into a national park, went to a high place. They got caught sprinkling oil and having communion and wine, and and, 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 and you know, they, they, it was a big scene. I'm thinking, surely that's not what God intended for us to do. And what it did was it damaged that church so badly that They don't even pray anymore. That church does not even have a prayer movement in it. (laughs) (laughs) Well said, well said, well said. (laughs) So what I'm saying is, I'm not saying those things are, I'm not discounting, Look, I don't discount anything that has some truth in it. But what I, what I guess what I am saying is that I believe that we can have a wrong emphasis sometimes. Or we can get focused on the wrong thing and it can distract us. So if we are in fact to have dominion on the earth, I felt like there would need to be some control over the heavenlies in order for us to have power on earth. Uh, That was the idea that I had uh, around the idea of air supremacy. When God showed me the picture of the U.S. forces having air supremacy, they could do what they want to when they controlled the elements of the air. And so I felt like what prophetic and intercessory ministry was, was somehow for the intercessors and those of us that pray, is to try to have some kind of an air supremacy that we could then carry out the work of God on the earth. And, and, I, and I believe that part of the answer lies in an all too familiar scripture that I think sometimes we just take for granted and we just kind of think we understand it. And it's found in Matthew 18, the 18th verse. It says, assuredly I say to you, and you can put that up. I think you still have the scriptures from yesterday, yes. Assuredly I say to you that whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Now, this is a very powerful passage of Scripture. There's so many elements in it, and I, and I, I can't go into all of it today. But first of all, let me just touch, and this is a sidebar, But let me just touch a little bit about the element of the, where two or three are gathered in my name. The idea behind this is what the Apostle Paul called the Ecclesia. Jesus came, he taught this, he he instructed the church by Ecclesia. You have to understand that in Roman times, the Romans had a Greek word called Ecclesia that uh, really spoke about the way they governed. And the idea was that if, You were a Roman citizen, and you were living in an occupied territory, an occupied land, and there was no proconsul, if there was no Roman government that was available at that time, in other words, if there was no official governor or government there, where two or three Romans were gathered in the name of Rome, in the name of Caesar, they became the government of the land. They were the ecclesia. They were the governing authority of the day. Paul used that term to describe the church. He said, regarding the kingdom of God, he says, where two or three, he says, where there's an ecclesia, where there's two or three of you that are gathered in the name of Jesus, he says, I give you authority. Jesus used the same authority. He says, where two or three This was common understanding to a person in that day and age because this was Roman rule. They were under Roman law, and they understood exactly what this meant. Where two or three gather in my name, I give you authority from a kingdom perspective. Does that make sense? And so you were called the called out ones. You are called the ecclesia. You are called the, and that's a governmental rule. So when you pray, you have to understand that you're in this world, but you're not of it. And that you're here to enforce Satan's defeat. You're here to enforce Kingdom rule, and where two or three agree, it's given to us of our Father who's in heaven. Amen. But he precurses this with, I put that scripture back up. He, he precurses this with, assuredly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Right? Now, whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I, I think we have to understand where our authority lies. I think we have to understand about binding and loosing. We spend a lot of time on the binding aspects of the scriptures in regard to binding, binding. Uh, I, I grew up in a movement where we learned about binding and loosing. You know, somebody would say something, I bind that. <laughs> somebody would say a negative word, I bind that. I bind you. <laughs> we were binding everything. We, we, we would, we, you know, you sneeze, I bind that. The flu's going around, I bind that. I mean, literally, my whole early walk with Christ was binding everything. If you were negative, I'd bind you. i bind it. I'd bind, I, we, and, 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 and we saw uh, something to bind around every bush. We were the binders. But I, I feel like sometimes in prayer, we're binding, but we forgot to loose. We've neglected the loosing of things. And our emphasis has seemed to shift from binding things on earth to binding things in heaven. I, I see a lot of people, they're binding demons and they're binding the dead, and, 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 and I saying, wait, wait, wait. I, I don't know, I, my, my reading of the scriptures is, whatever you bind on earth, what you bind on earth, Our authority does not extend to heaven. Now, some of you think it does. Some of you have been told it does. But I I can't find that in the scriptures. He says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual principalities and powers. But where does our authority begin and God's authority begin? Where does ours leave off and God begin? And so I want to bring a little bit of, Insight and maybe some correction to some of you. You see, I became aware of a need to begin to focus on loosing things on earth, and we do that by faith. You know, I was talking to my wife about the prayer conference, and she's with a very dear friend of ours who was, grew up in the faith movement. In fact, they were all board members of Brother Hagan's ministry, and her comment about prayer conference was, He says, Why do you have a prayer conference? You don't need to pray. Now, this is the other extreme. You don't need to pray. You just need to declare things. You just need to speak it. You need to have a profession and a confession. And God honors the prayer. And you know what? There's a truth in that. They believe in the prayer of faith. They believe that you can decree a thing and it will come to pass. You, you hold fast the word of God and God answers your prayer by faith. And I believe that. I, I, I am a great believer in the prayer of faith. I pray a lot the prayer of faith because I see it work. And I just align myself with what God says, and I declare it. I say, well, God said it. I believe it. That means that that's what's going to happen. Now, again, that's the other ditch. But some of you are so far in this ditch over here. You're up here in the heavenlies, binding and, and, and wrestling with demons and devils. And, ooh, ooh, and I'm saying, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I can't relate to that, but can you come over maybe in the... See a little bit on this side over here. I think there's a a binding and a loosing. And I am reflecting in the atmosphere that we had in Zimbabwe during the past 40 years since independence. And it's filled with people's conversations. Our complaints, our criticisms, our fear, our anxiety. Uh, Even in the church, there are very few people praying or speaking Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, that's our prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Our domain is earth. But I remember we had a bunch of Nigerians come through the country and they started teaching us that, you know, you must get up into the heavenly realms and you must bind the heavens before. And I believe that God wants to bind the heavens. But he can't. Bind in the heavenly realm what hasn't been bound in the earthly realm. He can't loose in the heavenly realm what hasn't been loosed in the earthly realm. Hmm. So I began to realize that the key to penetration centered around the way we speak. The way we pray. As we came into this year of pay, I'm thinking, wow, I think it's very important that we understand that what we speak has a bearing not only on earth but in heaven. That if God is really going to make this the year of the spoken word, that we better know what we're speaking. And it has to do with both binding and loosing. It's both. If we change the way we spoke or if we change the way we speak and the way we pray, both individually. And corporately, I believe that we will begin to see kingdom rule established. You see, the creative power of the tongue is what God revealed throughout Scripture. It says that he created by speaking. If you study how God created this world, he spoke and it came into being. We need to start understanding that. He created us in his image, in his likeness, and what distinguishes you and I from every other creature on the planet, is, or on the, on the earth, is the ability to speak. That's the only thing that makes you different. And, and, and we have science today trying to prove that animals can speak, but they can't. Animals don't speak, but they're trying to prove that animals have languages, why? Because if an animal has a language, that makes us just animalistic. And therefore, we're just like animals. But the truth is, we are not anything like animals. You and I are so far above, we are the apple of his eye. And God gave us an ability. He says, look, not only have I given you the ability to have language, I've given you the ability. Like God, we are not God, but like God, we have the ability to imagine and create through imagination and through language a world around us. So I believe we need to start creating our environment through the power of our declarations, both binding and loosing declarations. And God has already modeled what we're supposed to do, and I think all we need to do is follow suit. In fact, in Colossians 1 and verse 16, it says, for by him... All things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. You know, let me just go on a little sidebar here. I get really nervous with my fellow believers when we give so much credit to who the devil is. It's almost like we have this picture of God and the devil are having a war. They're fighting each other. You know, the devil, he's out to get God and God, you know, God's nervous. No, all things were created by God. Whether thrones or principalities or powers, even the devil was created by God. Did you know that? So when you think of this warfare that goes on, understand this, that God is way up here. And down here somewhere are angels and fallen angels. and, and, And there's a warfare in that spiritual realm. And then man. And redeemed man is in the mix. And God says that the focus and the attention of God is not on demons, on devils, on the devil... Or on angels, but on man. His focus and attention is on you. There are no aliens. Just on. What if there's an alien? There are aliens. They're called demons. They're fallen demonic spirits that manifest in any form that you'll let them. So if you believe there's aliens, yeah, you'll get a demon to manifest as an alien. But they're fallen spirits. God didn't create other worlds. There's one earth. One God. One creation. This is it. But science wants you to think that there's all kinds of other worlds and possibilities and that man is so insignificant that there's other life forms out there and you guys believe Hollywood and you believe propaganda more than you believe God's word and that's what that's all about it's to take away from God's word so that you focus on how insignificant you really are i love what randy was saying last night about the fact that you're anointed that there's an anointing that you need to protect that. You need to protect your mantle. You need to protect your relationship. Look, if you ever find out who you are, a son of God, that you really are important, guess what? It changes everything. It changes the way you walk. It changes the way you think. But if you think that, hey, I'm just like, and, and here's what science is trying to teach you. You're just like any other animal. That's what science teaches. All the animals of the earth, we just have to be a higher animal. And therefore, we have to protect animals. Actually, we have to protect them more than we do people. Animals are more important than people. In fact, the animals are... We should kill some people to take care of the animals. No, wait, wait, wait. This is the philosophy of the day. And so here's what I'm saying. If you begin to follow demonic teachings, if you begin to be led into demonic thinking, and if you don't check yourself before long... Man, you're, you're, you're thinking about things like, hey, we need population control. We need to, you know, like Bill Gates says, hey, if we use vaccines correctly, we can decrease populations by 15%. <laughs> when I heard that, I thought, what? 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 If we use vaccines properly, we can reduce populations. And where are we dumping all the vaccines at? Why is it Africa? Africa. Why are we doing this in Africa? Why are you giving your daughters this human, what is it, HPV virus? Why, that thing has not been proven. Some doctor says, oh yeah, we should, oh, and and, and what happens if it's causing sterilization so that they can reduce the African population? Oh yeah, 20 years later we wake up and say, oh, we're so sorry. Uh, and, and, and and you don't think that's what science is doing today? How many miracle drugs have come out and now there's billion-dollar li- lawsuits? Oh, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, we didn't do the right tests on that. And, 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 yeah, 20 years down the road, 30 years down the road, we're finding out that, yeah, that's why your children have... Autism, that's why your children have this disease. That's why, oh, this autoimmune deficiencies and and all these things that are the byproduct. Oh, this is why cancers are there. This is and and and, oh, we're finding out that these were manufactured. Oh, but we don't want to talk like that. No, 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 because hey, we are just insignificant, and some doctor can tell me. Some world authority, some some person that I can't control, I can't even, I can't even vote against. World authority health organization spray every airplane you fly on with poison that can kill a mosquito but it's okay for you because they said it's all right do you believe that I don't believe that but see this what I'm saying is if we don't wake up somewhere along the way and start asking some questions if you just drink the kool-aid every day because it's in the news because somebody said so pretty soon you really do think you're just an animal. Pretty soon you just think you're just insignificant. Pretty soon you just think that, well, you know, uh, you're a victim. You're a victim of this world. And therefore, hey, if you're just a victim, and if you're just nothing you can do about anything, then why do you pray? Why do you bind? Why would you lose? Why would you stand up? Why would you give voice to anything? Why do we need a year of pay if we're not going to save? Because you don't have any say. Did it get quiet in church here? <laughs> and this is, this is the problem that I have with our education program. Because some of you are having cognitive dissonance right now. You're sitting there and saying, well that's not what they taught me in the book. That's not what they taught me in school. That's not what, the, that's not what conventional wisdom is. Exactly exactly it's not conventional wisdom it's godly wisdom but that's why you have no power that's why you have no say that's why you can't stand up to any authority because you're so worried about getting the wrong answer you want straight a's straight a's just doesn't rock the boat doesn't ask doesn't question just well they say that we came from apes so i guess we came from apes A plus, A plus, God, congrats, oh, you're smart, you are smart, give that person an A plus. Government says A plus, give them an A plus, the government says, the government says that, you know, it's one to one, A plus, A, very good, A plus, A plus, one to one, A plus, we even have a Supreme Court. They got an A+, one-to-one. One. But I don't know about you, but mine's still 22, 23-to-one. Even though the Supreme Court says it's one-to-one. One. But don't question the Supreme Court. Don't question government. Don't question anything. Because guess what? You wouldn't get an A+. Plus. You wouldn't, and, and you wouldn't want to rock the boat. You wouldn't want to say... but you want authority in the heavenly places and you'll go out and you'll wrestle some demon that you can't see and you don't even know anything about. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, Mr. Mighty Powerful that can't even stand up to someone who tells you a blatant lie. Won't even look at it. You won't even look at it. Oh, no, no, United Nations says that we all need to be vaccined 55 times. When I was a child, we had six vaccines. The average child in America is getting 72 today. Excuse me? And we're dumping vaccines in Africa. Well, we don't question it. But you want to be effective in prayer. You want to be effective in the kingdom. But you won't question anything. And you won't align yourself with the word of God because you want an A plus with everything that the world says. Some of you are asleep. You're asleep. You are sound asleep. You actually believe that the newspaper tells you the truth. You actually believe that what you watch on television is the truth. You actually believe that... Most people have good intention towards you. It's not true. The Bible says the whole world lies in darkness. And you're supposed to be the light of the world. And where does that light come from? It comes from the Bible. But let me tell you something. Some of you conflict every single day of your life. You read the Bible, it tells you one thing, and your straight-A student tells you another thing. And you go with straight-A student every time. So what are you binding? What are you losing? Why are you saying? And that's why we like to throw this up in the ethereal realm where we, whew, some kind of magic. Some, there's some demon. There's some spirit. There's some angel. There's something out there that I, I don't have to think. I don't have to take a stand. I don't have to die for it. I can just kind of hope that if I pray enough out there that something will happen and praise God, God will change it and the world will be created in my image. I don't know if that's preaching or just a rant. But I'm asking you to think. I'm, thinking, I'm asking you to think. So I believe as we apply kingdom speaking and kingdom prayer, both personally and corporately, that that is how we begin to establish kingdom Rule in our lives. You see, only when we can move from a position of strength are we going to be able to bring about transformation and reformation and bring about the kind of influence over the spheres that God has given us authority in. I have a few young men and women in the church and you know they are... They've been elevated. They get into positions of authority. You know, they, they worked their whole lives so that they could get into these positions of authority. And when they get there, they realize they don't want what they got. All of a sudden, they say, oh, my God. And they realize how the system is so broken. The system is so controlled. And the system is so full of deceit and lies that now they have to fight every single day against their own conscience and the truth and and the darkness that pervades some of these systems. The world system is a broken and dark system. And guess what? Often they come to my office and say, we never knew. Nobody ever told us. And they have this kind of Alice in Wonderland, view of life. Oh, if I can get this position. But what happens is when they finally get the position, guess what they find out that they went down the rabbit hole. And it's surreal. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You see, here's what I want you to understand, something. You can only lead people where you have been, and you can only influence what, We ourselves have experienced and if you keep protecting yourself from experiencing things then what happens is you are very limited in what you bind and lose so let me talk a little bit about spiritual protocol this is to me one of the keys of today's message if I can get this point out in my first session here I think it'll help you okay God deals with us according to patterns and principles. If we can find pattern in the scripture, and then out of that pattern, and I gave the illustration of David and Goliath. So God gives us that as a pattern. There's a pattern for dealing with the enemy. And it takes revelation. So God says, here's the pattern. God says, I need a man that has revelation that won't buy into the propaganda of the enemy that won't buy into the propaganda that they're stronger than us bigger than us that it's a hopeless cause but I need someone that can operate in my principle that'll uphold my values that'll bind and it'll loose the enemy bind on earth what needs to be bound on earth so that I can loose from heaven and, 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 and what, what you need. And that's all David did. David found four small, five, five smooth stones and he ran ahead and he says, you come against me with a sword and a spear, but I come against you in the name of the living God. And he slings a stone and I promise you he could have slung that stone that direction and it would have still hit the forehead of that giant. Because it had nothing to do with David's skill. It had everything to do with God directing the stone. Because God was not looking for his skill. He was looking for a willing heart and a man who would stand up and he would direct the stone and he would direct that man. But there's the pattern. And and, and David lived by a principle. So you and I should be able to do the same thing. Understand that, hey, listen, if I align myself with God's principles, I should be able to get similar results as in that pattern. So God lays forth a principle and a pattern in Deuteronomy where God tells the children of Israel how he's going to let them conquer the land that he's giving them. And in Deuteronomy 7 verse 22 it says, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you little by little. You will not be allowed to eliminate them all at once or the wild animals will multiply around you. And that's why I say I think it's foolishness for you and I to think that through some one act of spiritual warfare that we're going to be able to deal with huge demonic spiritual principalities over our nation and on our own take them down. I, 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 I have a, 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 an inkling that sometimes we have certain intercessors that actually believe that they ...are going to take down the demonic principality over the nation of Zimbabwe. I I think you are on very, very, very shaky ground. Even when David took down Goliath, it took the whole army to rout the Philistines. And they didn't get them all. They fought those Philistines again and again and again. And there were other enemies... The enemy always rebounds. The enemy doesn't just go down one time. You don't just have one supernatural victory. No, it's a constant warfare. Joshua fought many kings. Joshua spent his life fighting 31 kings. And it says he rested. But Israel never rested. And in fact, the Bible chagrins. and, And the Bible actually says about the Israelites that they never drove the enemy out of the land the enemy became a thorn to them. An the enemy became a problem to them. So I'm trying to paint a picture, folks, that if you set yourself up that you're going to do one giant spiritual act of prayer and it's going to change your whole world, you're going to live a very disappointed life. You're going to be a very disappointed prayer warrior. But if you understand that, hey, this is not an act, it's a lifestyle. That we get up every morning and we put on the armor of God every day. And then we go out and we fight the enemy every day. And every day we take a little bit of ground. And every day, little by little, little by little, little by little, lest the animals, lest the demons, lest the, the enemy overcome the land. Look, folks, can I give you a very natural principle here? Some of you did have a great victory, and you were given a farm, and you had no idea how to handle it. And I come and I visit some of the farms that you were given, and you plowed up your little plot you could have done on Kamusha, and you live on a commercial farm like Kamusha. Now, I'm not chiding you. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a farm. I'm just saying, think about it. You don't become a farmer just because you have a farm. You don't become a businessman because you take someone's business. You don't know how to govern a nation just because you have a title. But you know, we 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 love this. <laughs> Who are you? Minister. Minister what? Minister of what? I think I told you the story of the when independence came and in the church we had all these young people. They were all going to be president, or they all wanted to and and, and, and so you began to get the pecking order. After you saw that there were 50 people that were going to be president, the next president, you realized, well, maybe I can't be president, so I'll be, I'll be the minister of home affairs. I'll, I'll be the minister of transport. And, and I'll never forget there was one kid that just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Have you ever had a personality that just rubs you the wrong way? Well, this kid rubbed me the wrong way. And every time I see him, he's boasting that he's going to be the next minister of transport. Transport. That's my president. And, and I, I understand, hey, we were immature young. It was exciting. We had independence and we had the possibility. And, and God does allow us to, to create those, them, those memories. But I'll never forget, I think that a couple of them, our, our brothers are here. They saw me. And this kid finally said it one last time. And I said, come here. I said, come here. I said, come with me. I said, just come with me. He comes sheepishly behind me, and I, I had the spirit of God on me. I have to tell you, this was the spirit of God, and he comes walking behind me. And I said, "Show me your car." We walk out of the parking lot right out here. Show me your car. Show me your car. And the closer we got to his car, the more shrinking he became. And I looked at this car. Not only did it have one pancake wheel, it had two pancake wheels. Not only was it filthy. It had never been polished. Not only could you not see through the windows, they were greasy. Not only when I opened up the car door was there gaping holes where there used to be radios and things in the front of the dashboard. It was wires and, 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 and then back then, everybody could afford to go to, then it was chicken in, there was no Nando's yet. And there were chicken in packs and, and Coke bottles and, and, and crap in the back of the car and the car stank. And I said, open the trunk. Oh, I should never have asked that. I should never have asked. I said, and you can't even take care of your car, but you're going to be the minister of transport. (laughs) Here's what I'm saying. Some of you want a business. But I come to your house and you haven't mowed the grass. You can't even take care of what you have. How are you going to take care of something else? It's little bit by little bit. Line upon line. Precept upon precept. Here a little. There a little. I'm sorry. I, I, I wish that it translated. But I heard a guy say this. He says, if you're a... Lizard in Zimbabwe, you won't be a crocodile in London. Can I tell you something? If you're a lizard in the basic natural things that God's given you, you're not going to be a crocodile in the spiritual realm. It takes a prince. To speak to a principality. And you know, I, I, I know that, you know, some of us are so prideful that we think that, hey, because you pray all night, God owes you. I have people that, and and please, don't get me wrong. I believe we should pray, and I believe that many of you are becoming that person as you spend an hour in prayer or two hours or finally get to five hours in prayer. But let me tell you something. If you have five hours in prayer at the prayer altar, but your children never see mom or never see dad, and you're not raising your children up in the ways of God because you're so busy praying if your business is being destroyed because you don't take care of the business but you're at the prayer altar, then I'm saying, I think that there's something wrong here because we're allowing an enemy into our life and we're violating certain principles. God is holistic. It's not all about prayer. It's not all about intercession. It's about holistic life is there any prayer person any prayer leader is there any prayer that needs to repent or is it just me I'm not looking for magic here's what I know The more I pray, the less I speak. The reason some of you like to talk so much in prayer is so you don't have to hear what God has to say. (laughs) See, only dad can talk like this. Anybody else says this, you all get mad. Some of you are getting mad anyway, I know. But the reason some of you like to talk so much and pray so much is so you don't have to hear what God's saying. Here's what God says to me when I pray. First of all, it's usually shut up. I find out that most of my prayer is listening now. My posture for prayer is either sitting, walking, or kneeling. But I'm spending lots of time just saying, hey God, you know what? My ideas aren't really as important as yours. What I think really isn't as important as what you have to say. And uh, you know, I'm afraid to hear what you have to say to me. But I'm going to sit here and listen tonight. Would you would you speak to me? And then these ideas begin to percolate. He'll say something like, uh, you were a little hard on your wife today. Those words you spoke weren't tempered with salt and grace. You're pretty direct. I bind that in the name of Jesus. I bind that. I bind. I bind that. You let your eyes drift today. You, 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 I, if you had listened to me, you wouldn't have watched that television program, or you wouldn't have gone to that blog site. Oh yeah, I did. I did feel that quickening. Well, if you're going to have spiritual authority the way I want to give it to you, you're going to have to bring that area under control in your life, so that I can cause you to have voice in that area. I bind that. I bind that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? See, I'm finding out that the deeper my consecration, the deeper my brokenness, the greater my ability to speak into our movement, our lives, and the greater authority I have to say, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth. We have a lot of cliches, but some of them are good. Never speak to your children about God until you've spoken to God about your children. I don't know about you, but that convicts me. Never speak to your staff about God until you've spoken to God about your staff. Look, do you think I'm I'm really trying to say, hey, can we as a movement, can we as a prayer movement, can, as, as a church that's meant to be a reforming church, as a movement that's supposed to be a, a reforming movement that the whole nation watches, can we get it right? Can, can we take time? Why do you think I'm spending so much time working with Be That Man and Roots and helping you try to get real relationships with each other? Because I'm going to tell you something, your prayers were two or three agree. Do we really agree or do we just say we agree? I don't even know you. How do I agree with you if I don't even know you? How could two walk together if they don't be agreed? I don't even know who you are. How do I agree with you? What is it, magic? Is it hocus pocus? Oh, we agree. What do we agree on? Now, we could agree on the word. But I think if you understand something, it's not just the logos that we agree on. It's not getting straight A's. It's the revelation. It's the I know this. I know this in my heart. Come here, my sister. And let me tell you something. Where I've seen great miracles, the reason you got your healing wasn't because you had some kind of head knowledge. But you came and you said, I've sensed this. And yes, you still had fear. Right? But you know, did you know you can have fear in your mind and have faith in your heart? Yes. That's can I just say I'm trying to help you? Can you all stand? Just tap your neighbor. Say, I have no idea what that guy up in the front is talking about. Daniel was interceding. The Bible says that the response to his prayer was given by an angel. Gabriel came. And his response was this. He says, the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. Because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I want you to notice, these are two angels that are speaking to Daniel about what was happening to his prayer on earth. Later on, Michael comes and instructs Daniel and says, do you know why I have come to you? He says, soon I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. And when I go, the prince of Greece will come. This is in the book of Daniel. See, in in, in those days or in both of these cases, we have to understand who was doing the fighting. Who was fighting? Was Daniel fighting? Who was fighting? See, God is not irresponsible. He's not going to use a novice to confront a principality. Princes address princes, kings address kings, angels address angels. Daniel prayed, but the angels did the fighting. And We get to see behind the curtain through this story of how it happened. Works the same for us today. Here's what I'm afraid of, that we begin to think more highly of ourselves than we ought. Today I want to humble myself. If I've ever come across or if I've ever taught you in a manner that made you feel like It's all up to you. The battle is yours. The battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Does God use our prayers? Oh, don't get me wrong. We should pray more and more and more. And I'm not trying to diminish prayer in any way. I'm trying to say, can we direct our prayers in accordance with Scripture? Can we direct our prayers in accordance with a good measure of rule over our whole lives? Can we look at our lives and say, hey, listen, you may be mighty in prayer, but you're terrible as a parent. Or you may be mighty in prayer, but you are losing your family or your business or your relationships with others. Can we we think holistically as a prayer movement? Can we think in terms of our relationships with others? some of us feel like we have fought demons. And you have. But demons are nothing to be worried about. He says, I give you all authority over all the power of the enemy. That's no big deal. Jesus was my example. He he walked around the earth and wherever he went, if a demon showed up, he cast it out. In our ministry, often demons show up we used to let them manifest. We'd have whole services distracted by somebody manifesting a demon. Now we've trained everybody to say, "Be quiet! Be quiet! Shh! Be still." We take the person out. We cast the demon out. Have them come back in. But in the early days, hey, I had people slithering on the ground and Ooh! I mean, and and, and and everybody said, "Ooh, look how powerful!" No, those were manifestations of darkness, not light. And, and, and what did it do? It brought fear in the hearts of most people. Look how powerful the devil is. Yeah. The devil's powerless. Be still. Be still. In Jesus' name. Be still. And guess what? We take that person out and we move on and we give honor to God. Oh, the devil. Some of you know more about what the devil's doing than you know what God's doing. Can we repent? Can we just humble ourselves and say, hey, God, you know what? And, I, and you know what? If, if you feel condemned, I'm not condemning anybody. I'm just saying, hey, I've been there. I've prayed at times and I thought I was a big deal. I'll tell you what, I'm not a big deal. But God is a big deal. And I, let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit's a big deal. And he lives in you. And he'll teach you all things. He'll guide you into all truth. But truth is scary sometimes because it goes against what I know. Anybody listening? Let's humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Heavenly Father, we come before you right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask you to forgive me as the head of this ministry, as I bring myself before you, Father, for any ironic error, wrong teaching, wrong emphasis, Father, where we have taken upon ourselves more than we should, where we actually were prideful in the fact that we were powerful, when in fact you are all-powerful and you are almighty. Father, we thank you that we are your sons and that you said that you would fight on our behalf, that you would protect us, that you would keep us. We thank you that we can be hidden in Christ, that it's Christ who's already won and defeated our enemy. Christ has paid the full price. No weapon formed against us can prosper because we're hidden in Christ. And let Christ be seen and us be hidden. Let Christ be big and us be small. Let the Holy Spirit be used. And, yes, Lord, we thank you that you allow us to be co-heirs and to share in the ministry and we can pray and you do hear our prayers. But Father, we also repent because we have prayed and we have prayed and we have prayed and it seems in some ways to no avail. Father, even as we've prayed, it seems like corruption is worse. Governance is worse. Our conditions are worse. We pray more and we have less. We have holes in our pockets and We put the money in our pockets and it's gone. We have our vats are filled, but before the end of the month, they're empty. And Father, this is indicative of something wrong. So, Father, for our part, where we have made misalignments, where we've prayed pridefully, where we've not leaned wholly upon you, where we've not been broken of heart and contrite of spirit, where, Father, we've allowed divinations to come into the church manipulations where we even thought we could manipulate you, Father forgive us we pray Father we know that you're a good Father, every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights in whom there's no variableness, no shadow no turning, you're not changing Lord you don't change every day you've already declared your will, you've declared your purpose and so Father we simply want to align ourselves with your purpose and your will so, yes, Father, we believe in binding. That We can bind on earth the works of demonic activity and principles, but we can also loose. So, Father, we bind demonic activity in the hearts and minds of our leaders. We bind them in Jesus' name. But, Father, we loose a spirit of revelation, a spirit of life. and Father, we lose godly counsel. We thank you that we lose a spirit of understanding, a spirit of wisdom. Father, we thank you that we lose your children to have voice in the atmosphere. We lose your children to begin to speak and and be heard, Father. We thank you that the, the, the cloud is being removed and Father that light is penetrating darkness. We thank you that your light is stronger than darkness. We thank you Lord that wisdom prevails and we thank you Lord that knowledge and understanding of spiritual things will be voiced in the marketplace, will begin to be voiced in our halls of justice, will begin to be voiced in the halls of our doctors and and, and, uh, offices, in our hospitals, and our medical practitioners. It'll begin to be voiced in our government, that, Father, voices will rise that that men will hear. Father, we lose a spirit of understanding. We lose a spirit of of, of wisdom. We lose a, a, a spirit where light prevails and darkness is curtailed in Jesus' name. We bind the influence of darkness, but we loose the spirit of life and light in Christ Jesus. Are you beginning to get a picture? Father, forgive us for thinking that we had to take down the devil. You already did it. You already did it. You already did it. Yours and ours, yours and my job isn't to destroy the work to, to, to destroy the work of the devil. Jesus said he came to destroy the work of the devil. Ours is to enforce his defeat. Ours is to speak the truth. Ours is to speak life. Ours is to, 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 to declare goodness and righteousness and his word and peace. And and yes, when you pray, you're declaring Thy kingdom come. What is his kingdom? Well, all his kingdom values. Thy will. What is his will? His word. You declare his word in the situation on earth. As there already is in heaven. It's already been taken care of. God says, I've taken care of it. He says, enforce it on the earth. Just say it. Just begin to speak it. Declare it. Let's just pray a little bit. Why don't you make some declarations today? Why don't you get two or three people where two or three agree? Get two or three and begin to agree. Find somebody, agree with them. Say, hey, let's let's do let's let's do some binding and loosing here. Let's loose a little bit. Let's bind a little bit. Come on, find two or three people. Begin to bind and loose. Do lo- kind of emphasize loosing a little bit more than binding today. In Jesus' name. Say, Father, we loose spirit of wisdom. We lose the spirit of might in Jesus' name. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Thanks for listening. For more teachings and videos, visit celebrationmen.org.